Hello, everyone. This is Patriot. Now, before we begin the show tonight, I just wanted to remind everybody how important it is that everybody out there who's a Patriot takes a moment to think about reallocating their financial resources to align with their political and their spiritual values. This is very, very important, folks. You've heard me talk about this many, many times, and I have a perfect solution for everybody out there to stop funding the big box conglomerates by going and doing your shopping at places like Walmart and Target for your personal and your household products. The company that I'm working with, switch-stores.com slash Patriot Underground, gives you an opportunity to do all of your shopping with the good guys. They have the best products out there, folks, non-toxic, absolutely incredible, manufactured in the United States. They compete directly with the cabal corporations. They have a 90 plus percent customer retention rate. What does that tell you? They have great prices. They have great customer service. And most of all, they have great products that are going to absolutely blow you away. Now, I'm telling you, folks, this is really important. It's incumbent upon us as patriots to do our part in defunding the cabal and taking away their ability to continue to funnel money into causes that are really designed to kill us. It is our responsibility. So click that link in the description of the video, switch-stores.com slash Patriot Underground. You'll be glad you did. I promise you, folks. Now enjoy the show. Patriot out. All right. right. We are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is January 11th, 2024. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. As always, I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So as you can see, folks, it is my pleasure today to welcome back a guest favorite, Carrie Cassidy. She's definitely one of my favorites, the founder of the great website, ProjectCamelotPortal.com. She's been at the center of the truth movement now for more than 18 years. She is an author. She's an avid researcher. She's a world traveler. Carrie is a visionary. She's a remote viewer. She's an intuitive. I think you can remote view. Actually, I I threw that in there. I'm not really sure, but I know you're an intuitive. Uh, You have incredible... uh, body of work behind you, thousands of interviews with some of the most amazing whistleblowers we've ever heard from. So Carrie Cassidy is a legend, and it's always an honor to welcome her back on my platform. Carrie, it's great to see you. Okay, I should can that introduction. That was really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the truth. Was I right about your remote viewing? Yeah, I I actually did study it a bit. Um, Mainly, I'm a psychic intuitive. So I would rather do that, uh, but I have had some sort of miraculous hits as far as remote viewing goes, so I know I can do it. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of not my my style, if you will, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a little bit um, too methodical and, and too, I guess, what you call left brain. It's mm. more left brain, and I'm more right brain, so um, I prefer that I get my information mainly from dreams and visions. Uh, but occasionally I have done, you know, I, like I said, I had some really good hits uh, on that. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think maybe I had remote viewing on the brain because I was watching your interview with uh, Michael Jaco a little bit earlier. So maybe right. that's where that slipped in there. But I know you both have those abilities. So it's great to welcome you back, Carrie. We have a lot to talk about. I mean, you and I do a lot of interviews together. We have a lot of conversations and every single time. We always have a a full slate of topics to talk about. And I thought maybe the first thing we could touch upon tonight was this incident in Miami that, uh, you know, right on the heels of the Epstein document dump, we had this story out of Miami that there were these non-terrestrials at the shopping mall 
And quite honestly, I mean, you saw the videos, everyone out there, I'm sure has seen the videos. They look faker than a $3 bill. I mean, it was obviously, at least to me, it looked like some very bad CGI. Uh, but pretty much everyone looked at that and said, oh, yeah, that's got Project Blue Beam beta test written all over it. And like I said, I mean, it was right on the heels of the Epstein uh uh, document dump. Certainly, they're looking for any kind of distraction. I know that this is a subject that you are very well versed on. So, you know, we had the mainstream media tell us that there was some teenage brawl at the mall, and that's why there were, you know, all these police there. But when you looked at the police presence, I mean, it was like dozens and dozens and dozens of police cars. But the images were absolutely, I mean, to me, they were just comical. They they looked so fake. And I so I just thought I, I would get your take on that. And uh, I haven't really listen to all your recent interviews. You probably talked about this, but I guess for the benefit of my audience, uh, this got a lot of attention. Uh, uh, can you uh, hold on? I think someone's at my door. So hold Oh, on. sure. Sure. All right. Stand by, everybody. Hello? Hello? Okay. Maybe they're just dropping something off. Okay. Sorry Back about in. that. Oh, it's okay. Maybe a package <laughs> that, there or something. You know, never happens normally, but of course, you know, these kind of things go on. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the mall thing, uh, I did talk about that a bit with Jago earlier today, but I can augment that a bit. So the bottom line, I think, is that it was a, a Project Blue Beam. I think that's why you get the, um, you know, it's it's where the video is kind of fluctuating and all of that. I think the alien story down in Peru is very similar. The reports are very similar that these beings are supposedly if they're beings coming in and out of this dimension or it there it's flickering in and out, whether it's a, a hologram type thing. So it's possible. I, my understanding of holograms, by the way, is that the planes that flew into the trade center were holograms. So holograms, according to John Lear and also Norm Bergram, a scientist that I uh, interviewed, a uh, fascinating man who wrote the ring makers of Saturn he talked about how real, and this is years ago now, uh, that holograms can look. So the fact that they didn't look as real as they could look is kind of an interesting twist to the story. Uh, I was, um, I don't know if you know who the real police chief is that I, I've interviewed him. Don't be confused with the fake one that's on Twitter, but there's a real one. He has a website. It's called buy me a coffee. <laughs> it starts with that. It's I linked it on my telegram. He also reported on this and he, he usually has some very good Intel uh, called it a blue beam thing. And, um, you know, also said that, um, you know, something I, I can't remember exactly, but he's got some information there. Um, I also, I, this is kind of strange. Um, okay, so there is a parallel to the exact location on Florida as there was in Peru, like a direct line uh, on the, you know, whatever you call that, longitude, latitude, whatever. Someone sent me that. So that's kind of an interesting link up, indicates uh, forethought, if you will, mm -hmm. and uh, planning. So you know, I was making jokes that they were actually on their way to go to Mar-Lago and they got they went to Mal-Lago instead, <laughs> you know, because in, in Florida, um, because they just got their words wrong in their directions um, if they're aliens. But it also does look I don't know why, but on a psychic intuitive level, 
I got that it might have been the, the tall whites. Now, they might have been recruited by the CIA to actually do this demonstration. So when you have Project Bluebeam, you may think it's going to be all holograms. But it's very possible when you have alien races visiting the planet that we can get, you know, they can be recruited even by the dark side to do demonstrations, to get involved in, a, you know, some kind of skirmishes, whatever. That kind of understanding that it's much wider of a playing field. And I used to say, in fact, I told Randy Kramer this when he talked about Project Bluebeam and how they were planning it. The military, he's a Marine. He was on stage um, in the Pacific Northwest with me at a conference. This is many years ago. And he said within three years, they were going to do an alien uh, invasion scenario. It would be, you know, CGI. It would be on your televisions. It would, you know, the battles would be um, fake so that they could win them all. The aliens would be, you know, whatever they created, holograms, whatever. And I, I at the time, I... <laughs> I was in the audience, even though I was speaker, right, listening to him. And so I basically raised my hand and said, well, how can you have an alien invasion when the real ones are already here? And he actually came down off the stage, went stomping right up to my face. And this is a Marine, okay? <laughs> and uh, looked like he was going to beat me up. He got very upset at me, but he is triggered because he's been on Mars fighting aliens a lot. If you ever listen to my interview with him or all the interviews he's done, which is quite substantial. So what I would say is the same thing here. As far as I'm concerned, it's not one or the other. It's going to be a combination and they could easily work with certain aliens to generate images and various things because they want to redirect the attention to this alien question. Now, it's not just the bad guys that want to do this. Interestingly, I um, posed this notion to Captain Mark Richards, one of my main interviewees, and he he worked in the secret space program for most of his young life, uh, up until the age when he got uh, put in prison for a murder he didn't commit. By the way, the person that was killed was killed by some young men who supposedly were put up to it he was supposed to be the mastermind behind the, the murder. And so he didn't even like do the murder. But the thing is that it was a pedophile as it happens. So and the, one of the young men had a history of being, um, you know, being pedophiled, you know, molested. And so he had a, a, you know, an agenda there. Anyway, that's a, con you know, I know it's a misdirect to some degree, but I have to say that he basically talks about how, you know, we humans have botched our interactions a lot of times with various visiting races. And we're also going out into the solar system, whether people want to admit it or not, and colonizing moons of Saturn's various places. Now, Rendlesham was a major ET uh, encounter. And even to this day, they go crazy and won't tell you the real truth about what happened there. But there seems to have been even an AI component to that Rendlesham story, by the way. And I was almost killed in Britain when I decided to restart to reexamine the evidence and talk to people when I was there one time. This was a year or two ago. And we were uh, 
in a car on a two lane uh, road, country road at night around 12 midnight. And there was a black SUV headed to us, except they were in our lane headed towards us. And we kept honking, flashing lights, everything, and nothing would change that trajectory. So we had to leave our lane, go into the opposing lane of traffic. Now, luckily, it was late at night and there was no opposing traffic. And that that car, they were like mind controlled or programmed or whatever, just kept going. So it it you know, and we know knew that they were basically. I mean, it was only quick thinking, but getting us out that lane. Um, anyway, just saying, they when they don't want you to investigate something, they are really serious clear, about yeah. it. And so, okay, get back to the mall thing. Um, Bottom line is I seem to think that it might have been the tall whites that that got roped into doing this. Why do I think the tall whites? I don't know. It just came to my mind. And sort of an interesting thing happened when I first heard the news. I had a kundalini, what you call a kundalini activation. And it just happened all of a sudden. Now, it could have nothing to do with this. But it was kind of interesting that it all of a sudden happened very quickly right when I heard the information. And then what came to mind was the tall whites and the tall whites have a base in uh, Nevada, in case you're not familiar. And there's a guy named Charles Hall who has written books about his encounters with them. He was a military guy that was based out there all by himself. He was a weatherman kind of person who was supposed to report the weather over a certain period of time and stuff like that. And he rarely saw another human being, but he actually got to know these tall whites and they have a very interesting camouflage. I don't know how much you've followed that story, but they are not um, violent. They are not a threat. They have been having a peaceful, their own, you know, installation here. But one of the tricks about them or interesting quirky things is that they like to go shopping in disguise shopping in Vegas. So they love shopping. So it's kind of interesting that there is a shopping mall and maybe that's why it came to my mind. Maybe it has nothing to do with it or maybe there's something there. So I think it's a combination. I think it could easily be, uh, you know, a portal open up using technology, fake, you know, blue beam uh, hologram stuff. Or it could be uh, the tall whites recruited to take part in this sighting to raise consciousness because there's no doubt about it. As you might have noticed, there's sort of a soft move to get the outing of the ET presence here on Earth right now. And as I said, Randy Kramer predicted he, they're long. They're actually overdue. They're they're about a year or two overdue. They were supposed to do it within three years of when he talked about it. It didn't happen. COVID happened, actually. So they got interrupted, but now they're back on track. So whatever you want to say, I mean, I can, you know, so this is a white hat agenda is what what he was saying that this was like. Soft no, or no, not necessarily white hat. Um, When you talk about the secret space program, that is a an uncharted territory in terms of who's in charge. OK, on that level, because that is, as you can appreciate, first of all, our, you know, NASA and various organizations, <clears throat> excuse me, associated were um, basically infiltrated as uh, my interviews with William, William Tompkins talks about, which is 
Our secret space program was jump-started by the bringing over of the Nazis during Project Paperclip. But at the same time, and they were helped by the beings from Aldebaran, who I believe are reptilian-human hybrids. So that whole thing is Maria Orsich and, and the Foo Fighters and all of that. On top of it, apparently, according to William Tompkins, the reptilians and um, uh, and and the Pleiadians are were working both sides of our space program. On the one hand, the Pleiadians were helping us. The reptilians were sabotaging us and helping us. And it, it goes like that. Now, we even recently had a spacecraft that was supposed to go to the moon and do something. I don't know what. But again, it was taken down. Right. This happens all the time. And what William Tompkins clearly talked about was there are reptilians that our our astronauts did go to the moon. They had help. So they didn't go in these little tin cans like people think, but they did have help. So they, you know, Stanley Kubrick also did um, what you call a, um, a, a demonstration kind of thing so that they had both cover. They had covered the bases because what happened when they got to the moon is they had reptilians waiting for them and a greeting party, if you will, basically telling them to get the fuck out. So we have been dealing with reptilians and fighting over even territory and various things on the moon and Mars and various other planets. Uh, they're also trying to take over Earth again. And this is why we get some of the things that are happening here. OK. All right. So it, it's not necessarily a I, when I when I heard you explain it that way, I kind of thought to myself that maybe the White Hats are trying to, you know, slowly drip out this. But it sounds to me like if it's anything associated with Bluebeam, to me, it would be a deep state agenda. I mean, I don't think the the White Hats would really go that route and try to. I mean, who knows at this point? I mean, we're going to be talking tonight a lot, of, I think, about the White Hats yes. and their tactics and what they're what they've been up to. So, I mean, I guess at this point, anything's on the table, given the fact that we're in 2024. Right. Um, but to me, it would seem kind of intuitive that if it's something that seems Bluebeam related, um, that it would probably be deep state. But like you said, and and I agree that the strange part about the story is, is that the images all look so fake. I mean, it, it's just like you didn't even have to have a trained eye to to look at that and say, wow, I, I mean, Hollywood comes out with better stuff in the movies, um, you know, so. It sure, comes, but you have to keep exactly. in mind that there was something like something, some insane amount of cops where it's like 50 to 80 cop cars. They weren't just there to come over there and see what was what. They probably were there to confiscate phones and to, you know, there was probably even technology used to mess with the phones and whatever videos people took. So there was interference. We have not gotten clear video. And that's typical of what, you know, when they interfere. The other thing is, again, what I'm trying to say about the secret space program and any kind of blue beam or whatever you want to call it. It, you know, you've got the light and the dark operating there, and we don't have good information about the White Hat's relationship with the secret space program. We know that Space Force was organized by Trump to kind of put um, a face to this, the uh, sort of space program at the same time, you know, an umbrella organization kind of thing. And then he then Juan always goes, oh, it's not outer space it's you know um, cyberspace yeah. and that's also a misdirect okay because it's both so you know we've gotten a lot of double talk a lot of lies 
we're not getting a straight story. You don't think you're getting a straight story on Earth. You're definitely not getting a straight story on underground bases, who's running them and who's going outer space, you know, out to outer space, you know, and I'm not a flat earth person. So, you know, that gets into a whole nother thing. No, no, we don't have to get into that now. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious, too, because I mean, we're, like I said, we're going to talk a lot about the White Hats. And, you know, as we always do, I mean, usually Juan comes up in our conversations because both of us follow, uh, you know, the, the information he puts out closely. But it's it's interesting to me that um, that this the the images that I saw and, and certainly I, I can't say that I saw everything that was out there, but the, the images that I saw looked so cartoonish almost. And when I see something like that, it always gets me to kind of scratch my head and think, well, you know, is this is this the White Hats kind of pulling our chain here to get, you know, to to, to raise consciousness, but also at the same time to, you know, no. OK, all it's right. not a white. Hat. I definitely personally don't think it's a white hat move at all. Well, I, didn't, I mean, no, I don't think this one just, specifically, but it just kind of, you know, is strange to me that if the deep state was going to go this route that they didn't, you know, bring their A game, <laughs> so to speak, you know. No, but that's what they do. I, I don't think you really realize that they also do this uh, in false flags and, and they'll they'll purposely, in essence, fuck up on purpose. And um, if you've ever talk to oh god what's his name um there's a, a a whistleblower out there about false flags and they talk you know with ole and they talk about how they set them up and everything they make huge mistakes on purpose it's insane they can do it much better so same thing here and they're not going to trot out their best stuff at the very beginning of Bluebeam, right this is what we're talking about we're talking about actually at this point if i know it correctly We've got three inc isolated incidents, okay? Uh, one is in Nevada, right, Vegas, the sighting of tall beings. You remember that report, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of look like you're blank. <laughs> no, I'm okay. just and, um, I'm sorry. Okay. And no worries. And then uh, Peru, okay, and this, the people in the jungle freaking out completely. Mm -hmm. And and I did a conference call with a person who went down to investigate that and came back and reported stuff. For some reason, they didn't follow my advice. They didn't come forward. They're still in hiding, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the Florida thing. So in actually a relative short period of time, if you want to call it that, like six months, I would say, I, I could have that, you know, not exact. We've had three tall beings sightings that are um hazy have witnesses you know we don't know exactly don't have good film don't have good pictures but whatever so i'm just saying that this is a beginning of something okay and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to look like technicolor you know hollywood style you know CG, cgi or whatever in other words if it's too good you should be suspicious of that it's it's the way they operate, you know, the Illuminati, by the way, you know, they they want what what they always want is what's called plausible deniability. Okay. That means you can get you can go either way with it. They want people to be in a state of fear, number one, and confusion, number two. And you can't have fear without confusion. OK, so they're going to try to confuse you and they're going to play both sides. Those are like principles. Every time you analyze any situation, you want to look at those situ that that from it from that standpoint. And that's my point of view. 
Gotcha. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit here. I wanted to talk. I mean, I mentioned your uh, your conversation with uh, Michael Jaco, and I think an interesting topic that I want to get your take on is this whole idea that you know Michael seems to be uh, embracing at least or exploring to some degree, and a lot of folks out there are kind of uh, thinking along these same lines, questioning whether or not Trump is really still around. Uh, you know, whether he's been dead and or whether, you know, he said something today about his uh, remote viewing abilities, how he hasn't seen Trump in in a very long time and that the White Hats seemingly have been dormant for such a long time that, you know, he's starting to to go down this road and, and really question that. So I'm curious, uh, you know, I think you gave a, a pretty good uh, take on that today. But for the purposes of my audience, of people who maybe haven't heard you weigh in on this, because, you know, he did a video on that prior to interviewing you that got a lot of attention, a lot of views. And, you know, for good reason, I think people yes. are wondering what's going on. People just want the truth at this point. Now, I, I personally don't believe it, but I'm, cur- I'm curious to hear what your perspective <laughs> is. Um, well, it's kind of mixed. Uh, number one, and I even said this to his face on on the air. Uh, earlier today that I think somebody put him up to it. Okay. That's just my thought. Now that doesn't mean he didn't also have those thoughts himself. Okay. But they probably challenged him and, or thought it was a good idea. And this gets into this idea of playing both sides and whether we like it or not, the white hats have learned a lot of things from the dark hats. And one of those is to play both sides. So I think they like to play devil's advocate themselves and throw things out there that just to see how the audience is going to react. Okay. And I'm sure they're getting all kinds of feedback and blah, blah, blah. You know, people jumping on the bandwagon, he's dead. Other people saying no way, you know, and then the people in the middle, maybe whatever they're thinking. But from my point of view, it's a very convenient situation. And I think it might be a trifle staged this idea. So, uh, first of all, I said on Jacob's show, and I'll say here that not only did I have a dream about him in, um, July, August of this year, the summer where I was in Morocco and I was out from under the, the super heavy matrix. And I get great dreams when I get away from here. (laughs) So, um, and it was all about Trump and he was standing at my side with a, a bunch of files and a briefcase and basically acting like a lawyer. And he uh, he was telling me that he was going to you know, be in my court and stand on my side and protect me no matter what. And it was a very loving dream. It was a very wonderful dream. I've never had a dream like that before. I wish I had, but I never did. Um, so I can't say, you, you know, it's true or not true. All I can tell you is what came through was very strong Trump being alive. However, um, I do think that he has to be in hiding. Now, he may be in, in, you know, NORAD or he may be somewhere else. You know, there's lots of places to hide on the planet, I can say. And I think there are a lot of doubles out there right now of Trump. I agree with that and I've sure. been I've been noticing that more and more lately. Um, so, and I do think, you know, we're, it's kind of like we're in a game where it's ratcheting up and we're getting closer and closer to this kind of, um, I don't know what you want to call it, where they would want to take out a person who is clearly already winning an election hasn't even happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty much freaking them out. Um, and I do think that there is no accident that this JFK, movie, X movie, 
that Jay Widener, and I know Jay well, uh, has directed and brought forward. Or <coughs> Actually, I don't think he directed. I think he produced it. But anyway, he wrote it. Um, so I think we could go down that road. Yeah, absolutely. Well, un- I mean, unfortunately, I was explaining to Carrie that I actually she told me about the film and I, I tried to watch it today. I bought it on Amazon Prime and I actually even showed her the, the picture on my phone. I, every time I go to hit the play button, it just won't load the video. So whether that's because there's some sort of sabotage there or whether there's just an enormous amount of people that are watching it, which I think would be an excellent thing if that's the case. Um, I haven't had a chance to see it, but I did get <clears throat> the basic <laughs> overall gist, I think, uh, by listening into your uh, your commentary a little bit earlier today, having to do with uh, the, the squib concept and whether or not uh, JFK was actually killed that <laughs> whether someone was actually killed, but maybe it was a double, which seemed to be <clears throat> your take on Sorry. it. No, it's okay. I have a little bit of throat thing too. It's okay, my throat um, chakra is just actually being a <clears throat> slightly attacked right now. Um, so I, I know about this kind of stuff anyway. Okay. Now you it'll, can... it'll pass. It'll pass. So um, I'm ahead. sorry. Did you ask me? Was well, I was kind of building there? up to it. I was just okay, sort of building ahead. up to uh, sorry you know, about that. about this, uh, you know, this this film that I haven't had a chance to see, but I understand the basic premise behind the film. But I also understand that you have some insiders who have pointed out certain things in the film that might be missing. And your uh, theory that you shared a little bit earlier today. I mean, I don't want to ask you to rehash the same exact material, but I think it was it was very interesting. And I think uh, the um the film and the interview, certainly, I think going hand in hand will be very interesting out there for folks to to watch. So, I mean, you wanted to talk about this. Uh, you can give us, you know, whatever information. I mean, I, I don't know how many folks out there have had a chance to see it. So if you haven't had a chance to see it, there may be a spoiler alert here. But, Carrie, go ahead and uh, tell us oh, a little yeah. bit about why this film is so important, because I've heard about JFK, the possibility that he wasn't actually killed that day, JFK Sr. So go ahead and take it away and, and give us your thoughts. Well, it gets pretty complex, but what I'll say is right now, what I wanted to say is that I think the fact that Trump is, you know, there's some kind of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, something in the zeitgeist, which is suddenly questioning whether Trump is alive, in part because it seems like a lot of doubles are showing up, and the JFK movie and the fact that Jay Widener, I know him very well, or I feel that I do. I've known him for many, many years, and I met him in person and over at Gaia TV when he worked there and so on and so forth. And I can say and had I've interviewed him over the years. I, you know, I it, so I can say that he's a very serious guy. He's a wonderful filmmaker. He's a brilliant man. Um, he wouldn't do this just, you know, for a joke or something. He's very, you know, a great researcher. And I believe he might have been given a piece, this piece of information, which is the squib. Okay, the squib idea. And then he probably did the investigation himself on that. And that investigation, by the way, relies in a huge way on the Zabruder film. Right. That he clearly says has um, basically gotten spliced and and some seconds were taken out of it, um, both before and if I understand it, before and after the car um, passes this this highway sign thing that kind of blocks your vision of things. And after the film, after he comes, uh, the car comes out from behind the sign 
is has been tested and it's a completely different kind of film than the part before that. And by the way, what no one was seemed to be saying or not even Jay was that the crowd talk about sparse. There was almost nobody on in, you know, on the other side of the grassy um, side of the car. Mm -hmm. So there was no audience supposedly during after it passed the sign, which doesn't make any sense. So that means they took out people from the film and they substituted another piece, a totally number piece. Now, it's also the squib thing is, you know, I worked in Hollywood for 20 years, so I totally know about stunt people, stunt doubles, you know, some of the equipment they use, various things. Everyone in Hollywood knows all about squibs. So maybe back in those days they didn't. And I appreciate that. But the reality is that there's also many things in the film which go unexplained. So I don't feel and I'm going to talk to Jay about this. I'm going to question him as to what things he investigated and what things he didn't. And he just let the questions lay there. And that's an issue. But you got to understand, we always tend to think when we look at anything in our lives and in this, you know, there has been a trend to try to isolate events and isolate, um, you know, perpetrators, if you will, thinking there's no relationship between this event that happened over there and something that happened even 10 years ago. It it's, that's not true. There is a through line and a connection with everything that we see. And it's probably a lot more of a connection than you realize. There are timelines and there are, the Illuminati work um, with a long view towards their goals. Okay. And they have been working towards their goals much longer than the white hats. Okay. So when we look at these incidents, we need to see them on a sort of a timeline and trajectory. So when you go from the Kennedy assassination and I've had to refresh people's minds as to the history of the white hats, for example, because no one seemed to understand You know, they popped out of nowhere. They're associated with Q. What the hell's going on? All that kind of stuff. But to me, because I dealt with the White Hats before they ever came forward, there is a through line. So in the same sense, here we have Jay Widener getting a piece of information that I think he was given. Okay, and I think they let him run with it. And then the film, he works on the film. It comes out. He's. His only really new information in the entire film is the squib. Okay, everything else is pretty, pretty traditional. What he comes forward with, it's put together very nicely and is substantiated that way. But the interesting thing is at the in the film, and I know you haven't seen it, but people who have will know and people that didn't see it can look when, you know, look and see what I'm talking about when they see it. It's very interesting that Jay makes a huge thing about Life magazine taking out footage from the Zabruda film before they gave it to the Warren Commission. But he never talks about what's missing in the film. In other words, he never focuses on what could possibly be in those seconds they chose to take out. And why would they do it like in such in a certain sense, like when you analyze film and and I know this is kind of weird, but 
a lot of people don't think about this, but when we do something here in this age, like let's say this is 2024. In 2030, I mean, in 2030, do you realize that when the Illuminati think about these things, they, in a, if anything, they, they start in 2030 and go backwards. So they will know that the things that we missed in this age might reemerge in that age. Do you see what I'm saying? So we work in a world of cycles and there is a spiral effect Okay, into life. And even the Native Americans use the spiral as the basic um, sort of image of, of life. And there's a reason for that, because not only do we circle around over the same ground, but we actually circle around and go up a level or down a level. So our perspective changes. We don't go over the exact same stuff. It's not a circle. We actually are going on a spiral where you're coming around to the same moment in history, but you're seeing it from a higher level with a different perspective. And that changes everything. Your perspective is most important. So when we look back at these times, and I think it's very useful as a human to start widening your view of what you're doing now and how it might be viewed in the future, right, by other humans, including your children, by the way. You know, because that might change your behavior. Seriously. I mean, some of these people, they just clueless completely. They're not taking their behavior in this day and age in context and realizing how it's going to look in the future. Like all those people that were like Nazis and wanted us to wear masks and kill our brains. This is insane. If they knew they're going to be viewed as Nazis in the future, would they really have behaved that way? I mean, think about it. So anyway, well, they thought they were going to, I know I'm, they thought they were going to write the history books. Well, I mean, history is is often written by the victor. However, we're in a time of truth. And if you don't know anything about this time, there are waves of energy supporting this sort of trajectory and this emergence of what we call truthers and truth tellers. It's all about that. And if you don't qualify to be a truther, you're going to stand out in the future like a sore thumb. And you're basically going to be considered, you know, a liar, a criminal or whatever kind of thing. So this is just a side note, I know, but it is worth looking at. So, OK, fast forward to the Kennedy assassination film coming out simultaneously with this thing that Michael Jaco has been let's say put up to, but also fallen victim of, which is this idea that Trump might've disappeared or be dead, right? Well, that's kind of interesting if you really put it back to back. One of the things that Trump did is he was gonna release the information about the assassination, but he suddenly was shown something in a folder and decided not to do so. Now, my premise is that this is because The information on the Kennedy assassination where Jay is partially right, but not completely. So I believe, you know, we don't live in a vacuum. And just because uh, they planned to, uh, okay, what happens is you get wind, they want to kill you and you're going to be at an event. So what do you do? You make a plan. You substitute a double. You, um, you You then realize that actually... If the double, why do you want to 
get the double killed even. So maybe you do the squibs, you know, so that it's going to look like they got killed, but they didn't. Then what what do you do? I mean, you there's lots Gary, of what a squib is for people out there who may not because they hear um, that. It's a, a Hollywood thing know. that makes blood, you know, yeah. it makes it look like you're shot. And, and it, it has layers. And Jay's premise is that Jackie was reaching, you know, when she gets out of the car right after he's shot, supposedly shot. So first he reaches up. Well, you got to watch the movie. I, I don't want to spoil it for everyone. But right. first he reaches up like this and then his hand comes down. Yep. He gets shot on the side of the head, supposedly there. And then she reaches up. Something flies off his head. It looks like maybe in the film. Now, there. OK, I have I have behind the scenes uh, um, an expert on the Kennedy assassination. I am not an expert on the Kennedy assassination. I know, you know, I've seen things, I, I've heard things over the years and, you know, I, but I've never like studied it the way I do my, my own cases. <laughs> and I never went into depth with that, it, you know, because I, I've been too busy doing the here and now. So I know things about it. And I was given some interesting information. This person doesn't believe the squib theory. Okay. That, Kennedy faked his death and therefore there was a squib and that's how, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that Tippett was substituted for his body. Tippett was killed before the assassination, not after. And there's a lot of things in the film. You're going to follow the, you know, you need to follow the through line. It's very interesting. But what I'm, my premise here that's, that I'm kind of put together for people that I'm thinking is that we're in another situation, a Kennedy, a law Kennedy, okay, of an assassination or potential assassination of Trump and what's happening. Suddenly there's rumors going around who starts them. We don't know, but you know, people, maybe the CIA, maybe, you know, you know, Mark, Mike Gill and his attack might even be part of it. He might not know that, but I'm just telling you, this is how they work. So suddenly there's this question mark coming up. What it all comes back to, what, what is it? is is doubles that we have presidential doubles and people are starting to realize now to me this is like duh and this has been true for years okay but i do understand that the mainstream never wants to admit this okay and to some degree you could say that actually puts presidents even greater danger if the people who want to kill him can determine whether they're looking at a double or the real guy and they decide not to take out the double, but they go after the real guy wherever they happen to be. So the double is supposed to be drawing fire away from the person. Mm -hmm. And in Trump's case, he's supposed to be in, you know, in NORAD. But maybe he's actually not in NORAD. Maybe he's somewhere else where he has to be protected night and day. You understand? But at the same time, the doubles are working overtime to make all these appearances that he's making and so on and so forth. So. It, in other words, it's a very interesting conundrum that we're coming closer and closer to. And this actually wraps into the JFK Jr. Wano Savin, you know, situation and why maybe it's a special interest to me because I've studied both. And I interviewed a guy named John Corner, who is a journalist. It's all on my website. I can give it to you so you can link it below. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is he was a journalist who like 10 years after the JFK assassination, what I would call attempt, uh, happened, 
he wanted to write a book on it. He, and as a journalist, he started going to Martha's Vineyard and questioning people. He did a, he did real legwork on his book. Okay. Very excellent journalist and getting testimonies and so on and so forth. But what emerged was, first of all, when he set out to write his book, he was given an Agent Orange Vietnam toxin that almost killed him. And it's nothing that you can just pull out of a hat on any rainy day. This is something very unusual, and he was given it, okay? So they tried to kill him, and he really almost died. Then he continued work on his book. He survived and continued work. Now, whether that affected his mind, you know, or the way he went about his investigation after that, I don't know. But I had him on my show. I interviewed him. And in essence, all of his data that he had, I kind of got him to the point to admit that, yes, it was accurate, but it could also mean it was a faked assassination attempt, which, of course, it was. So. When you look at that, you're looking at a president who faked his death, his son who faked his death, Trump, who might be on the verge of faking his death or looking like he's going to disappear or something. Right. I'm look I'm looking at a trajectory that is looking like they're working towards a goal and the goal could easily be to get Trump out of the picture one way or another to where he has to stage his own death again. So we're in a situation in a world right now where doubles, clones are a reality. And it's a reality that some of our, you know, members on the planet don't seem to want to admit, but it's absolutely real, 100%. And I draw your attention again to this uh, real police chief who was a police chief in Colorado who now has a website and now discloses truth from various uh, sources that give him very good information. And he's talking all about the the terminations of these uh, adrenochrome baby eaters that are in Hollywood and also other walks of life who have supposedly died in natural situations, but in fact were killed and they were put up on charges and the military has terminated them. And there's a long list and you have to, you know, spend $5 a month to be on his, you know, website. I've interviewed him. I asked him every question under the sun. He's a lovely man. Um, but be sure don't go to the Twitter fake because there's a guy faking him. Right. It's not him. So only go buy me a coffee, whatever his website is. So all I'm saying, he's just one example. There's lots of them. Gene Decode has been talking about this forever, right? Um, and so on. So what we have is a crisis in our in consciousness where people do not want to accept anything that they can't see with their own eyes and make it, you know, like black and white and very obvious. And yet we live in a universe of multi-dimensions, maybe even unlimited dim dimensions, and what you think is like the flat earth is actually the fourth dimension and that you're not understanding. You actually think like the table I'm my computer's on right here is actually solid when it's not. We aren't even solid. We are time travelers. We can actually 
move from one dimension to another. We can open portals. And what happened at the mall is about opening portals to let things in. Okay. We can let things in, but we can also go out. Okay. And you do it every night when you leave, you know, when you go to sleep anyway. So it's, it's a funny dilemma that consciousness on the planet is some people are totally in the know with me and they understand all of this. And, you know, they're, they're on a spiritual level. Others just want to block it all out and pretend that material reality is all there is. Yeah. Well, I absolutely, um, I think that there are a lot of people out there who are just, you know, they're not even ready to, to go there. And I think (laughs) part of it is the fact that we're living through a time right now where nobody really knows which end is up. And I think that's a big reason why so many of these theories are being put out there. Now, I, I mean, I, I like Michael Jaco. I've had him, uh, the opportunity to talk to him a couple of times. I think he's a patriot. I think he's a really good guy. Um, and certainly, you know, it's possible that he's, you know, that's an interesting concept, though, that he was perhaps put up to it. I didn't, I didn't actually catch that part of the interview or see uh, what his response uh-huh. uh, or his body language when you said that. I'd be curious to see that. But I definitely think he's a patriot. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people are questioning the white hat tactics. And I mentioned, um, you know, there's a couple different things I want to get into in this in this vein. But I mentioned Juan Savin, you know, talking about you and I have, have had lengthy discussions about his uh, shift in narrative having to do with the, you know, citizens picking up arms. And then, you know, there was also uh, this uh, what what appeared to me to possibly be uh, another sort of a narrative shift as well, because he was talking recently about uh, the court cases that are rapid. I mean, he's been talking about this for a long time. Don't get me wrong. It's not like this is sudden and new, but he, he's been uh, talking about these court cases that he says are very, very rapidly advancing. And they're going to lead to uh, within a matter of weeks. It sounded to me like in the interview that I heard him do on, uh, I think it was Psych Club with Tom Numbers at the end of uh, December. He was saying that, you know, we're, we don't have months. We, we're talking more like weeks instead of months. But these cases, he said that there were over 100 cases he was involved in. And there were three in particular that really are going to be like the dominoes that start to, you know, bring down all the others. And it it raises the question to me about, well, what about the fact that we we know that we can't get justice in the Justice Department? He's been very clear about that. He's been, you know, there was one of his, uh, you know, his famous phrases is no justice in the Justice Department or you can't fix D.C. because it's already fixed. And so now but but it's so this is like this strange uh, to I don't, I don't want to call it a narrative shift, but this seems to me like this this sort of dichotomy or something where, you know, on the one hand, he's talking about how DC is broken, which we all agree, the courts are fixed, the whole system is fixed, it's all cooked. He doesn't have to convince any of us of that. I think the harder sell is whether or not we're actually going to get to justice. Because I mean, if these cases are that significant, are they simply significant in terms of waking people up and raising consciousness? Are we actually going to get to justice? Do you really think that these elite criminals are going to be brought to justice in the system that they built essentially to insulate themselves? Or did what Q tell us about, you know, think logically, the military is the only way is ultimately that the direction that it has to go. So I'm curious to hear your perspective on that. And then really also the idea of whether or not we're ever going to get. And this is related to what you were talking about when when uh, you broke last time, which was really we're, th- this tangled web that's been woven here. Are we ever going to get to the truth? Are we ever going to get uh, are the White Hats ever going to give us the truth? Because it seems so complex at this point that it would just make people's minds explode. It, you know, like 
just the idea that Oprah Winfrey's a bad person is going to make people's mind explode <laughs> all these things that we're talking about. So I'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, go ahead and uh, give us your response to, you know, to what I said about Juan and then whether or not we're ever going to get to the truth. OK, uh, well, and I, I actually have have been asking these questions. So I am behind the scenes texting Juan pretty regularly. And one of the things that I'm also texting him, even in a, in a group that we're part of. And so other people see my questions as well is. You know, how is it that we can suddenly, you know, he can suddenly talk about these cases. Now, let me look at this situation because, I don't know, six months ago, the courts were completely corrupt. Uh, every um, case that was brought before any court basically was thrown out about the election steal. And suddenly overnight, here we are in, in January, and he's saying within a few months, uh, basically, the election is going to be overturned. Trump's going to come forward. It's going to be uh, common knowledge in the mainstream where families are going to be talking about the fact that we have two presidents, and that's by June. So what the hell is changing? I want to know. I want to know why Congress, who is clearly completely derelict during the time of the election steal, and was asked to examine the, the evidence, even Radcliffe, the leader of all the intelligence agencies who filed at least some semblance of a report, even though it was late, uh, basically stated that the CP, you know, the CCP had had influenced and, and had been operative, operating in chain, you know, the election steal, in essence. So they didn't look at it. They refused to look at it. They were given 10 days to do so. And even the Brunson case numbers, the number of Congress people, and it's huge. I, I think it's in, the, you know, 300 or something who refused to be, who voted not to investigate. OK, so we've got a Congress that is completely I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. They're completely taken over by the deep state, by the by the cabal or under their thumb or being blackmailed by a honeypot situation a la Epstein, et cetera. And a lot so, of the folks out there that people think are good. I got news for you. I think a lot of these people are going to be really surprised. even the leader, um, the, the guy they chose as as the speaker. Isn't he the speaker of the House? Johnson. Um, what? Mike Johnson. You're yes, yeah. he's he's been accused of all kinds of stuff. He does not sound like a good guy by any stretch. Yeah. The trouble is, these are the people that are going to suddenly switch day for night and and go along with they've got these so-called committees and they're investigating things from the committee standpoint. And suddenly they're going to be believed and the the, you know, Republican, you know, um, the Senate and the, the Democrats are all suddenly going to get on board together and believe that there was a steal and blah, blah, blah. I mean, how is this transition going to take place when these places are fully corrupt? And they continue to demonstrate their corruption, by the way. It's not like they suddenly became good guys overnight. So I fail to see how that's going to happen. Now, what I'm positing is that is this another Trump with his envelopes going around the world and handing those envelopes up, which has been clearly out, which has been clearly filmed, in which he's basically, in essence, telling those players, those top 
world leaders that if you don't get on board with us, we're going to out you, which is a form of blackmail, however you want to, you know, slice it or dice it. I mean, you're dealing with a dark side that is not about to stand down. And so how do you get all these members, all these judges that are, you know, so corrupt to suddenly come onto your side? Well, you'd probably have to up the stakes and and blackmail them even more than the regular side is brought blackmailing them. I mean, I unless mean, they've already done this behind the scenes, unbeknownst. I'm, I'm just saying. And then, you know, now let me tell you, OK, that's the bad side. Now, let me tell you something else. So I was told by a source that the White Hats are actually being run out of the Pentagon. Now, this sounds absurd to average people, but they have systematically been coming in and turning these people. Now, some of them get turned by outing what their bad behavior was and bringing them on board, getting them to sign an agreement. This is basically what they've been doing, infiltrating places like the Pentagon, I think they took over Mount Weather. I think that was a true report. I've gotten verification of that. Uh, I can tell you that Mount Weather is an installation near Washington, D.C. that is very primary to actually the whole um, broadcast, uh, you know, communications industry. And they're also they're still fighting, however, what's called the, the senior is it called the secret or senior executive service? People, members that are lifetime members who are still part of that incredibly corrupt organization. And they're still installed in many of our military, for example, and not only some of the military. I mean, even recently we did a show in which you were sort of talking about how Juan was saying, well, the White Hats don't really have most of the military. In fact, they only have, you know, Space Force and a small group of maybe the Navy or whatever it is. He said only about 20 percent recognize Trump as commander in chief. That's what he said. So what. How how can we have these two, you know, what I'm talking about is a disconnect here. Now, maybe he, you know, when, okay, let me just say this. When you try to obfuscate the truth and you tell somebody something, you have to remember exactly what you told them. And when you do it publicly, even more so, right? Mm-hmm. So we are all listening very carefully to him. Someone like me, who's been listening for three years, so much so that I got really sick of it and then stopped for you know a month or two because I couldn't stand these religious right wing religious diatribes full of fantasy and you know sugar um, that made me ill. So you know what we're talking about is someone who has to keep a through line in his head as to what he said and what he's saying saying now. And by the way. Uh, It's really kind of interesting, at least my source or one of my sources recently talked to me saying no talk about revolution, no talk about, you know, uh, people having to defend their homes, this and that. Um, And by the way, look at look at the timeline. Trump, again, if he's going to be two presidents in common and he, he actually one sided this psychic who several years ago predicted there would be a time when we our American people would be talking about how we have two presidents. Mm-hmm. So it actually has a precedent <laughs> that we might have two presidents. So now that's going to happen between now and June. OK, 
that that puts some pressure. I mean, I'm happy to see pressure being put on the White Hats to stand and deliver. Okay, I've been asking them to stand and deliver for a while. Now, I don't I'm not also that critical to where I don't know they're not operating behind the scenes. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're working their asses off, whether it's going into underground bases and rescuing children. And by the way, they have to fight reptilians down there, which they never tell you. Gene Deco doesn't even talk about that, right? Oh, yeah, he does. Right? Does he? He, talk, he talks about okay, the battles with reptilians. I mean, he knows, I know he refers to them, but he doesn't actually talk about them having to fight. White hats are killing reptilians in underground bases who have nests full of these children that have been stolen and are being, you know, mutilated in all sorts of different ways and also put on slave slips, slave ships that go off planet, by the way, through portals, through CERN. Hello. So these things are not fantasies. These are realities. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, is there something that I neglected to touch on there? No, no, that was good. I mean, I, well, I, I, I didn't know you were going to bring up because you had mentioned to me a little bit about some of the source information you had about the, the takeover of the, of the Pentagon. I didn't know we were going to actually bring that up. Uh, am I allowed to ask any questions about that? Not who your source well, is. I, I, you know, I know very little about it. That's the fact. I can tell you that that information coupled with the Lloyd Austin sub suddenly coming down with cancer. This is actually something that, again, the, the police chief talks about all the time. A lot of the people who are being arrested, being tried by the military and then executed, literally, by the way, um, are basically um, giving excuses to people out there. So the excuse could be they suddenly got sick and died. The excuse could be, um, you know, they 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 committed suicide. They could, you know, there's a, a whole plethora of excuses as to why they dif- disappear from the scene. But then in some cases, they don't disappear from the scene. They just get sick. The clone is, is released, educated and sent out in the public. OK, this is what we're dealing with. You know, when you have this house of mirrors that we're living in. And a good portion of the people don't want to admit that even any of these things or these sort of magic tricks, if you will, exist. Then, you, you know, you can't even have a conversation because they don't want to admit it. Right. And another thing that a source told me not too long ago was actually the White Hats are going to tell the people very little truth. That's They're just going to come in. And they're going to, you know, they're just going to change, you know, it'll be a changing of the guard. Most people won't be the wiser. Trump will suddenly appear, you know, if he even does appear, because, you know, it's not like you're going to kill all the bad guys. You can't kill them all. I mean, I said this before. We are going to have to, you know, I hate to sound like Trump, you know, necessarily, but we're going to have to make a deal. We have to make a deal with the dark side. Because even though we're fighting right now and there's battle, this one kills that one and this one kills that one and so and so, you can't eliminate the whole playing field because we'll all be dead. So we need a solution. We need to deal with these invaders. We have invaders from underground. We have invaders at our borders. We have, uh, you know, groups of Chinese um, 
military special forces coming in, documented, all right? Um, and one probably isn't wrong that we might have to defend our homes against some of these invaders. If you've seen the video of, of the hordes headed towards our border, it's absolutely insane. There's a loudspeaker in the background basically chanting and contributing to their mind control. They think they're coming for some some of those people are I'm sure are just good, even you know, women and children and and you know other people that just want really do want jobs and really do want to escape the cartels because God knows. Uh, South America is just run and completely, you know, signed, sealed, delivered. And so is Central America with cartels. And they'll just knock you off to, you know, as easy as they breathe. So when you're looking at that scenario and you want to come north because you've been told you get a free credit card that lasts, I don't know, a month or whatever it lasts. And, you know, now the border is wide open, et cetera, et cetera then of course you're going to go, but still it's insane. There is a level of gray ET mind control programming over what is in essence gray human hybrids that have been raised and born in the Southern parts of, of below our, our, our border. And I've talked about this a lot and that, that, that you know, what is in essence the X-Men is a true story. It's true. It's going to be what we deal with in the future. And even the future is now. So our military knows exactly what I mean. There's a good side to it. Some of these uh, beings will be, you know, good hearted and so on. But if you're, you bring in a lot of gray DNA in with the human package, then you're also going to get entities that are not empathic that's part of the problem they have okay and why they look the way they do is you know and this gets into the work of dan burish and exposing the fact that they have no little or no emotionality they're just little robots okay so they're not going to be empathic they're not going to care whether they hurt you or whether they you know whatever they want they'll they'll want and they'll get they it's that kind of mentality mm. Well, so you know, that's a whole nother side of this story. OK, well, I wanted to go back to that. This concept, though, of the White Hats, you know, not telling us the truth, because I think there probably is a chorus of everybody out there listening who is saying WTF right now. Right. Like we <laughs> the truth. We need the truth. And it's not just a simple matter of like we want it or even that we need it. It's 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 fundamental, I believe I mean, if, if if they continue to coddle us by not giving us the truth, and I can understand not dumping out the entire swamp, the entire sewer. I mean, the swamp is, as Trump calls it, on, on day one. I get it, okay? <laughs> but if we're still being coddled and we're still being treated with kid gloves and there are still people sitting around in rooms somewhere, whether they're dark rooms or light rooms or underground or wherever they are, deciding what we can and can't handle, then what are we awakening to? Calling it the Great Awakening is a fallacy if that's the case. So I, I just don't I have a real issue with that. And I, I mean, look, I mean, I'm just a person out there. I'm just a, a voice uh, who is not necessarily going to change anything. But I think collectively, if enough of us demand more of the truth, that it puts more pressure on them to reveal more to us. I personally believe that we need the truth on every level. And people yes. should be it should be revealed to us, disclosed to us to the degree that we 
seek it out. Certainly. I mean, again, I don't think you should walk into Times Square and see frazzle drip playing or something along those lines. I'm not suggesting that we go total shock and awe. I get that you have to artfully, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, disclose all this to an unsuspecting people. But at the end of the day, if we don't know the truth, if we don't know the everything that's been going on, and especially us, right. the awakened, who have been following this now for years, doing the very best that we can to delineate some sort of a, a narrative, a truthful narrative to deliver to our audience to keep people informed. If at the end of the day, it's still going to be withheld from us. I have a major issue with that. And I'm sure you probably do, too. So I'm curious if you want to comment. A hundred percent. Which, you know, I've been one of the more vocal in this way, I would say. Um, and I, I, I can say that this is actually going back years, um, even have, yeah. even though I am fully supporting Trump and the White Hats. I have no problem criticizing their methods, number one, and sometimes their thinking because it doesn't make sense. Now, part of the reason it doesn't make sense is because they don't tell us much. So when you try to add, you know, X plus Y plus Z, you get some ridiculous uh, conclusion that might be way off bounds. We are not getting the truth from either side. And all of us know that now. Right. But what's worse is this idea that we may never get the truth. And that's not going to be acceptable. I can tell you that right now. Okay, And if I have breath in my body, (laughs) this is, you know, I am going to disclose every little damn item that i can find you know the the part of it carrie is let's just be honest here we've tolerated the american people and the people in the world have tolerated being lied to we've we've tolerated this mass deception from both sides because we've understood it to be necessary to the art of war number one but also because we believe that all of it was going to be disclosed that this is where we're headed we're headed toward disclosure we don't want a world that's curated for us by people who, you know, make these decisions about what we can and can't handle. That's cabal right. type. That's got to go. That's got to go. go. And we're not going to accept that. So if that's, I mean, it, it, I think we have to send that message. Yeah, and and this, you know, not and, and really, I would speak directly to Juan O'Savin on this score. The reason he doesn't talk to me, he told me to my face, is because I will get him to tell the truth, which will violate his security oath with the white hats okay now one can appreciate that during the time of war there has to be a certain amount of clandestine activity that is completely secret from the enemy but even then i have thought to myself you know if you're both using ai and ai looks at the playing board both ais are going to come to the same conclusion and they're not necessarily going to steer their answers to whoever's asking the questions, if you understand me. So what I'm saying here is that the truth doesn't care who hears it. You know what I mean? The truth is the truth. It doesn't mean, you know, God wins. Of course, God wins. God is God. You know, that's a stupid saying. It just pisses me off every time. This kind of thing. I'm definitely guilty of that, Carrie. I'll have to. I'll have All to right. All right. Well, but, you know, think about it logically. OK, just think about it. The cosmos, everything in the, the world, including light and dark and every color in between is all under God. So, of course, God wins and God's not trying to win. He's there already. He has to be. He will always be there and he's always been there. Whatever 
you know, he's not some old man sitting on a cloud. Okay. So don't go around thinking, you know, he's going to kiss away your, your, your pain. It's ridiculous. Okay. That's not what it's about. Humans are going to have to come of age and they are. Okay. This is the thing. This is why we're having, having this conversation. If they weren't able to handle the truth, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So, yes, uh, if this video can possibly be seen by Juan and others that are working with him, for example, because they're in a sense, they're our only hope because the dark side is not going to tell you the truth, except cloaking it the way they've been doing for eons. Right. So. It's kind of interesting that we're having to deal with two sides, one of which supposedly wants to save us, but they have a problem because they're hung up. First of all, there are a lot of old men in that group, and a lot of them actually have a lot of the perceptions of reality that they got from the from the, you know, from our um, controllers, if you will. One of those things is to actually um take uh the the human intelligence and think less of it first of all intelligence tests are a joke they don't measure something that humans have a huge quotient of which is called emotional intelligence they can't even touch it fact of the matter and the fact of this kind of thing is that you don't realize how many sayings in a given day you you will say that you've been taught by your masters, okay? Not realizing that you're putting yourself down in the process, okay? Things like, oh, they want to distract you, so they made an alien thing at the mall. Humans, real humans, actually have minds that are superior, by the way, to AI in many ways, okay? They may not be able to add 20 fucking fractions, but who gives a flying fuck? That's what we have AI for. On a spiritual level, we have an unlimited amount of intelligence, spiritual intelligence, and that trumps anything an AI can come up with. I can guarantee you. And I will also say that when you go around saying, well, this is going to distract the masses, that old media thinking that, you know, we'll throw one fish out there and then we'll throw a red flag over there and all the people are going to look over there because they're that stupid and they can't keep more than two thoughts in their head at one time. That is actually how the Illuminati think of you. Okay. But when I hear those same words coming out of Juan's mouth, I just want to hit the fucking ceiling because it's insane. Do you know how many brilliant humans are on the planet right now do you know how many even children that are being born right now that are fucking geniuses what you would consider a genius you know which is just probably even a normal human with a greater iq you know iq eq whatever all i'm saying is that people are have been shortchanged have been denigrated by their masters it's part of the programming Mm -hmm. okay that's Mm -hmm. what they've been teaching you They have taught women to kiss ass constantly, not to speak. I know I know a woman who is very eloquent, who is a Mormon, who is going to come forward and, you know, have a platform. I sort of um, tried to teach her some things and her father stepped in, found out she wanted to do that. And as a Mormon, he said, no, fuck that. 
our women don't do that kind of thing. Shut the fuck up. And she did it. This is insane. And this is, what is this, 2024? I'm not talking about 1900s. I'm talking about the year 2024, okay? This kind of double talk and bullshit and, and, and corralling humans this way and telling them that they're less than that way and, you know, putting in everything, ruining their food, ruining their lighting, ruining their water. And still, what do we do? We fucking survive and we transform and we surmount, okay? because of our creator that you're so fond of talking about that you don't realize what he, she, what it, it, whatever it gave you. Okay. That's part of our heritage that these controllers don't actually have access to a lot of them because they're on the dark have basically limited their own selves in these ways. They're crippled inside, as John Lennon would say. So it's really important, if I say anything tonight, I would say stop fucking saying you're sorry for being alive. Stop apologizing. Stop acting like fake humans. So many people don't like Trump because what did he do? He removes these obstacles, these social obstacles, and just acts acts like a regular person. How dare he? He's a president. He's not supposed to be a human being. Our strength is our humanness, okay? We are actually a mixture of umpteen alien races, okay? We come from the stars, as Bob Dean would say, and we will return to the stars. And that's not just the um, the, the children of Cain, so to speak, you know, that these Bible thumpers want to say. Okay, it's all of us, okay? We're from Lyra. We're a humanoid species, okay? And we have, we are inhabiting galaxies and they've been transporting humans in slave ships off this planet to live in other places and colonizing the moons and of Saturn and Jupiter and so on. This is information from whistleblowers. All right. They have much better things to do than sit there and lie. Okay. They've dedicated their entire lives. They make no money from coming on my show. They put themselves and their, their, their families in danger, great danger, They often lose family members. Clifford Stone lost his son. I think it was his son. Bob Dean lost his daughter. I mean, these people pay with their lives or the lives of their families to bring you the truth. And what do you do with it? Ignore it. You don't tell your children. You act as though it never happened. You know, well, I mean, let me ask you this game. I, I agree with you in principle, but I mean, all this all this dysfunction that we're talking about in terms of the way that people process information, how easily people can be distracted and so forth. I think a lot of that is an old mentality that's being kind of shed through this whole process. But I also think that so it, it, the fundamental core of it all, I think what, what it all comes down to in the end, what gave the cabal their power, their ability to to mold society in the direction that they wanted was the withholding of the truth. I mean, if you really look at, at a, at a macro level that humanity can't possibly function in a way, I mean, there are certain people who stand out as leaders, people who pursue the truth. There are certain 
uh, I guess you could say, tribes in, of humanity that have gone down this path. But if we're talking about humanity as a whole, how can any species be expected to function in a way that's not completely backwards, that's not completely confused, that's not completely dysfunctional when they've never been told the truth? And, you know, you've sought out the truth. You, you know, you've made it your your life's work to do that. But let's let's just be honest. We live in, an, in a universe where you have to do that. You have to seek it out. You have to go looking for it. You you have to go down these rabbit holes. You have to be willing yes. to expand your mind. You have to be willing to be thought a fool, to be thought crazy, to be criticized, to be all of these things that so yes. many people are so afraid of. And I guess what I'm saying is at the end of the day, yes, there are those standouts that we admire and you're one of them. But in order for all of us really to take that massive step forward, there has to be disclosure. Because if we don't know the truth, I mean, the, the reality is, is that I think all of us have presumptions about who we are, about where we come from, about what God is, about all of these different things about the planet. You mentioned flat earth. I mean, all of these different ideas floating around, there are all these different notions. But at the end of the day, it's because we've had those fundamental truths withheld from us. And because the enemy, of course, has always sought through disinformation to confuse us, to keep us away from the truth, because once the truth is known, then people can they can let go. It may be a messy process, but they can let go of all of the things that they believed were true. I mean, it's 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 not really that complicated. You tell people the truth. They learn <laughs> the truth. They go through a process of having to accept it and the world changes. And, yes. you know, look, I understand yes. that's overstating it. I mean, that's, you know, in a sense, it's kind of like understating, I should say, you know, the, the complexity of it. But really, that's what it comes down to. And if people are going to to perish in this process, as they already have, so many people have died, so many people are suffering, they continue to suffer, then really, what is the point in withholding? For, I mean, what what's the point if you get to the end of this and you say, well, humanity, I, I just don't think that they can handle the truth. Well, then right. what was all of it for? Well, I mean, sure. That, that I mean, really you know that. Then we, we like, might as well be sheep led to slaughter. If exactly. we don't deserve well, the truth, then we can't handle it. And from your mouth to the white hat's ears um, and anybody else who wants to help save humanity on this planet and off the planet for that matter. So, I mean, yeah. you know, the bottom line is, yes, we have to insist on the truth. One of the ways you do that is when you're told something by a speaker, you know, such as 107, who comes with, uh, you know, he's in hiding himself. Why? Because they might kill him or his family any day now. OK, but hiding in a disguise that's laughable, for one thing. And the fact that the Illuminati, see, they know it all. It, he he's not hiding from anybody but you. The viewer. That's the only person he's hiding from. Okay. It's not the bad guys. It's you. Why? Because if he were to reveal who he is, then he would be revealing something that would allow him to have even more influence than he already does. And that, and the Illuminati don't want that. So they have done certain things to program in essence and threaten people like Trump, like Juan, like others, okay, who have come forward and make their lives impossible. And, you know, they, you know, I mean, have done things to me to try to shut me up, right? So, yes, you have to face that. But if we don't face it together, then we're going to face the worst apart. So 
all we have is is each other. All we have is our truth. Okay, as much truth as we can possibly garner and go out and expose the lies. We have to expose the emperor's new clothes. Okay, you have to know that Biden is wearing a mask. And thank God for the truth movement, because every video out there is someone trying to disclose truth about our world, because in the past it was all completely hidden. And many people, acolytes and so on, were kissing the ass uh, to climb the ladder of the Illuminati to get on a higher level and basically kicking the person below them in the in the face, you know, to to do so, you know, climbing on each other's backs to gain praise from their masters. That's a syndrome. It's very real. That's what all your Congress people have been doing. That's what a honeypot does. Okay, so that's where we're at. And by the way, I do want to say one thing about Epstein and his list. Okay, first of all, not everyone on the list is guilty of child sacrificing and and torture and all that bullshit. Right. He was a businessman. He was always involved in things like Uranium One with Hillary and all kinds of business deals. So it wasn't just torturing children. That was his business. That was just part of the deal. Okay. And he was a twisted, you know, mofo himself. But the reality is he's not the only one. His island is not the only island. So yeah, you can make a big thing about the Epstein list, but how many other lists are out there? How many other islands were being used in this way? And are doing so right this very minute, okay? I think we've already exposed Epstein to the degree. I think we should be exposing these other people, whether it's Richard Branson or whoever it happens to be, you know? And I can't tell you who they are, but I can definitely tell you there's more than just Epstein on this pile, okay, of, you know, of shit. So this is really, you know, we, yes, we have to keep pushing. I think we're going to continue to push. I think we're going to push harder and harder. And I think that we need the truth out. And we need the people at January 6th to be relief, released from prison as soon as possible. Amen to that. Some of these people are old grandmothers that were loyal American citizens their whole life. They did nothing wrong. Okay. Grace. It is insane that our government has turned totalitarian. And why is it that you have to be a so-called Democrat or Republican to say the truth about the government? It is a totalitarian shit show. That's a fact. America is not free. We are not a free country. We are surveilled to the nth degree in every way, shape and form. And if COVID didn't teach you anything, it taught you that. Right. So, you know, medical tyranny is absolutely prolific, okay? It's everywhere, and people are still falling for it. Your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers. That's right. They're all still falling falling for it. This is what we're all about. Yes, it requires awakening. Yes, it requires the truth, and it's going to continue. I mean, that's the good thing. The good thing is that the waves of the future are in our favor. This is where it's going to go. Absolutely. Well said. Well, I just wanted to ask you quickly before we break, 
the last time that you and I spoke, of course, uh, it was with Mike Gill. And that was quite uh, that was quite a fiery interview. I, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And certainly, uh, you know, it, it, it initially it had uh, it was planned as just a one on one interview with Mike. And then he saw our conversation with uh, Janine on Turn the Page. And then all of a sudden he wanted to have you on the show. So I, I didn't really know which direction it was going to go. So I figured folks out there would be curious just to kind of hear your overall take on uh you know on that conversation if you want to call it a conversation at certain points it was uh it was quite fiery quite testy uh and uh i've never and never have i had to mute somebody's microphone before i really thought that uh i wasn't going to have to do that but you know i i just i'm curious to hear you know your thoughts i think you know we both stated our we we have respect for mike i would welcome him back on the show for another conversation this isn't about bashing him but i'm just curious to get your kind of your takeaway from from what happened in that conversation well first of all you know so you can understand my behavior is that i've been talking to and dealing with whistleblowers both in person and online for 20 years basically and so it wasn't a new experience for me to be with somebody who you know was feeling slighted was feeling that his um information that he worked and slaved over that his children's lives were threatened over, that his own life was threatened over, being taken too superficially, not acted on, et cetera. Now, we do not know if and when and how the White Hats will act on any piece of information they get, okay? This is part of the problem we have, is everything is incredibly secret. And out of secrecy comes a, a sort of fomenting of suspicion, backbiting, and all kinds of problems, okay? I have tried to urge Juan to come forward in a, in a more um, egalitarian way, I guess you might say, as the lawyer he really is, and talk to Mike Gill, but also possibly to bring him alongside and give him more truth than he was willing to do. That's, you know, these are decisions I have no influence over, and this is what the White Hats decide. And I'm sure he doesn't decide on his own. I'm sure he's working with an incredible team, as he's told me, generals, an AI, and even Trump. Okay, so there's a group, not just one, making these decisions as to how they treat, if you will, a whistleblower disclosing information, how they have to vet it, how it gets you, you know, how they... They put, um, yes, they put General Flynn as the one that was supposed to, you know, um, at least the dialogue with 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 Gil. And that, out of that came a lot of angst and, and animosity and suspicion again. I did think that uh, Mike Gill and the people that were behind him basically underestimated me. I think that they thought that he could convince me by his barrage of information to abandon the idea that there are white hats and that Juan was a good guy and so on and so forth. So that never happened and it never would, but they don't know that. So in some ways he was kind of um, at a disadvantage because they don't know who I am. They probably never saw one of my videos in their lives. And, you know, they don't understand the person that he was dealing with. Okay. 
you're so, talking about you know, there. You're sure. talking about people behind the scenes who kind of yes, influencing like to Gil. get you on the show so that he could have kind of a showdown. Deciding with... yes to see if he could you know kind of because I I was uh, kind of drawing the attention of the audience to a more balanced view that included you know 107, uh, Trump who was really running uh, you know um, General Flynn etc. So. It's complex. All I'm saying is that I think that he was being given some false information. Now, anyone can be given false information and anyone can fall for false information. And it really, you know, you really are in the game a long time. Mike wasn't born yesterday. He's extremely knowledgeable. He is a, a maybe a little over emotional at this time, but there is, there might be some really good reasons for him being in the state he's in again, threats to himself, yeah. his children. I mean, all of us are angry uh, enough people, with all the secrecy. I can only imagine what Mike people that aren't at, acting on his information. Um, now, recently Trump has even used the word pro Pandora's box in recent, um, you know, speeches. So there is a constant reference right now to something that Mike Gill was also contributing his knowledge to, which is, a, a, you know, these Pandora papers that actually are on the Internet and is a, an association of journalists. I think they're calling they call themselves something like ICU or, or something. And uh, you can go read them and, and you can see that it is exposing world leaders where they hide their money and. To some degree, I, I think it touches on maybe the child trafficking aspect. I don't think it goes deeply into it. I have read some of those papers. Okay, so I know what I'm talking about. And Juan was even getting the Pandora papers confused with the Panama papers. Okay, they're two different sets of intel. They may all relate to some similar things, but nonetheless, the division and descriptions are different. So you're asking me how I thought I, I really, you know, Oh, that's good. That's just, I, you was, gave me, I was you gave sort me exactly of aware that, that there was something motivating Mike behind the scenes that was more than just let's have an interview and talk about my stuff. It was more of a, I think, a desire to kind of um, influence me and or, you know, take down some of the things that I stood for or whatever it was, you know, in other words, it wasn't just an idle conversation. He had a, he had actually a goal, and a, and and I'm not saying I know what the goal was, but I have a you know a theory on that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, my last question, Carrie, and because this is a question that I've been getting constantly from people, and then I'll let you go because I know we've been on for a while. Uh, the roundtable that we were supposed to have with Juan <laughs> and Nino, people are still emailing me saying, "When is the roundtable? When's the roundtable?" Yeah, right. I had a conversation with Nino, thanks to you. I I would love to have another one. And I reached out uh, through Nino to Juan to offer him an, an invitation to my interview. I never got a response. I didn't really expect that I would. We've kind of been over this before, but you know, it seems to be an, a lack of willingness to to talk to myself, to talk to you. I mean, at least you're part of this group. You know, I, I think simply the the weight of your your work and you know, you're ultimately who you are. You're Carrie Cassidy. I think that it's really hard for them to at least not keep you at least somewhat plugged in into in terms of what's going on because you really are 
a heavyweight out there. Someone like myself, I think, is easier to kind of marginalize. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people are sort of wondering to themselves, you know, if we're all on the same team here, uh, why don't we have this conversation? If we're really playing all if all of us are, you know, I mean, I mean, I know who I am. I know where I'm coming from. I can't speak for anyone else out there, but I certainly know that I have good intentions. I'm not a perfect person, but, you know, I'm I'm in this for the right reasons. Presumably one is as well. Presumably all these other people are. So why not get together and have this conversation? Why this whole I mean, I get the fact that he wants to keep his narrative and he wants to, you know, he, he's afraid of, of deviating from it. But at a certain point, I think it becomes more important to unite the patriot movement especially in this year of of chaos that we're going into and if you've got more all of these people i mean we we both agree that you know the lack of the truth is just a breeding ground for chaos it's a breeding ground for disinformation it makes it really easy in a lot of ways for the enemy to operate in our community when we don't yes. have the real players coming together, the, the the people who are really fighting on the same side, and it, and it makes people out there who see this and say, okay, well, why aren't they doing this roundtable? What gives here? Who's not playing for the right side? You know. So, and again, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. All I'm saying is this is what goes through people's minds. So, g- give us your final thoughts on that, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Well, it it kind of goes with the territory um, that Juan has already sort of. I don't know, squared off around himself. Um, and I've, I've actually addressed this very directly with him. I have told him, you know, it's kind of like if you choose, you know, when you're going to run a company, when you're going to start a country, if you don't get alongside with you, some of the best minds and the most um, educated, uh, but beyond that, you know, you, you have to have a, a very wide uh, bucket, if you will, to bring on side the best of the best, right, in order to lead and to be a good leader. Okay, you don't just consult yourself, you consult the best. And by the same token, unfortunately, he has chosen to actually do the opposite, in my opinion. Okay, and this is surveying the media landscape, if you will. And, you know, I am sorry, but he has chosen people that are the weakest in this area, okay? They're the least experienced. They are often uh, completely dazed and confused and blinded by this religious fervor that, by the way, harks back to the Vatican and the reptilians, all right? So there's a huge amount of mind-controlled people out there, and he has chosen to be interviewed by a lot of those people. And, you know, it's because he believes or appears to believe at least this religious um, fanaticism. And, and it is fanatic. I mean, it's, it's, it's far right, far, far right, fundamentalist Christian viewpoints. Now, I know that when you look at the populace out there, one of the hallmarks of the Republican Party was the far right religious group and they have money and influence and those people needed to be brought on side. So that's what they do. They go after those people. Unfortunately, they're not the brightest. They're not, you know, they're not the most open minded. They're not, you know, whatever. 
But that so makes people this, really this, more suspicious of one that he won't yes, one show. Yes, I know that. that. Won't take so what questions. I have noticed is a pattern. There is a pattern to the people that he talks to. And another thing that goes on with him, and I'm even in a group with him, and what's hilarious about the group is, is a lot of the people are quite, you know, maybe fairly high level media people. And they shut the fuck up all the time. They don't challenge him. They don't they don't even speak. It's it's actually kind of a silly group to even have because no one talks to anyone pretty much except on superficial bullshit. So what I'm saying here is that secretly, even the people that deny that Juan O'Savin is JFK Jr. treat him like JFK Jr. in any way. They're afraid to be, you know, straight with him. And I've told him this. You know, it's that star power kind of, you know, miasma that that in in still, you know, because I worked in Hollywood for 20 years, I don't give a fuck about that kind of shit. Okay, Um, as far as I'm concerned, we're all stars. So I don't you know, it doesn't make me mince words. It doesn't make me kiss ass. And of course, I didn't rise very hard (laughs) high in Hollywood because I didn't kiss ass. Okay. And I still don't. And I didn't do it at, you know, when I was a little kid with my parents either. The fact of the matter is, is that when you're talking about putting together a round table and Juan coming forward to talk to you and various other people and good journalists, good questions will be asked that he doesn't want to answer. You know, he likes to dominate the conversation. That's the other thing these journalists all do. They, they, they're completely quiet. 90% of the time. And in fact, sometimes 99% of the time. Well, and all they I mean, do at the end of the White, the White Hats disagree with him. You would think that the White Hats would have figured this out by now, though, that if only, yeah, I know. He's only Hello? Bringing in, if he's only bringing, I mean, don't they have anyone else who's willing to come on and, and actually, you know, I said, look, if you don't want to do it, why don't you bring someone else who's willing to, you know, at least talk to us? I yeah. mean, it's insane. Okay. I mean, you take but somebody like also, SG Anon, he's willing to talk to pretty much anybody. He doesn't, you know, he's, he'll go on any show. Yeah, and he's good at, t- at kissing ass as well, I have to say. I mean, I love SG, but, I, you know, let's call a spade a spade. So, you know, look, I'm telling you that this is the problem. It is a problem. They do have a hierarchical sort of strate- strategizing military-oriented group. I understand we're still in the battle, okay? And during battle, any military person will tell you that you have to have a a pecking order and you have to follow certain protocols and you have to have certain amount of secrecy. So it may be that he is simply too vulnerable. And considering who he really is, that that could be completely true, okay? That if he says the wrong thing, it could blow the whole place up. Okay, and yet one would think he's gotten very skilled at avoiding questions. I know he has because I know direct questions have been asked and he doesn't answer them. He just redefines the question when it's asked. Basically, he just if he if he hears a question that he doesn't like, he just says, well, let's just let's let's ask it the right way. And then he'll literally like (laughs) frame the question and then answer his own question. Oh, yeah. Or he'll give you you know, he'll he'll give you some religious diatribe that completely takes you off the topic. Um, yeah, so he has his techniques. Okay. He's a wonderful speaker. He's a brilliant mind. Um, you know, and I think people would love to engage with him more if 
he was more approachable in that way, but he has actually sequestered himself very carefully. And maybe again, with some good reason, although I think it's wearing very thin at this time, which is why we're having this conversation. I agree agree with you. And you know what? I was the one who suggested the round table, not Nino, even though Nino is because Nino's relationship to Juan, which is quite close. I had to go through Nino to get to Juan with the idea. Initially, he kind of, semi said yes and then he went on a trip to africa and was supposedly not reachable even though you can reach anyone in africa any day of the week um you know and was out of pocket and another thing nino told me is he was riding up and down streets with you know um heads of state and so he was too busy um whatever we're only the patriots that to support him in every way, shape and form. So just ignore us. Why don't you? Well, the it's kind of like I you're make- also saying that, it, you know, I mean, it's one thing if you don't want to talk to one of us as an individual, but it's also in a sense, it's denying our entire audience. And you have a massive following. I have a following that's growing as well. People who trust that we're in this for the right reasons and we're seeking the truth. Right. And if we're in a situation where we've got leaders who won't have the real conversations it's kind of the same thing as the mainstream media you know like throwing throwing uh you know underhand pitches at 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 uh at the elites when they interview them you know like not not even giving them tough questions and i look i understand the whole mentality but i think don't you think it's kind of far-fetched to think that if juan went on your show or my show that he could actually you know that we could ask a question that could somehow unravel the entire plan or mess things up. I mean, don't you think that's a little bit far-fetched? I I, I think it is, but I I think, look, I mean, they want to err on the side of caution. I'm sure there's a committee, you know, within the White Hats that makes these kinds of decisions. I don't think he makes it all by himself. But I think if we try to send a message here, it is that they have to be, you know, I've told them before, they need to have a better PR approach. In other words, in essence, they have to know more about dealing with the media and deal with us on a more egalitarian basis and stop um, sort of leaning towards people that don't know anything or are religiously, um, I don't know, bamboozled or something where they can't think clearly without saying God in every other sentence. And God doesn't really give a fuck if you use him, his name in a sentence or if you kneel down or whatever else and kiss the ground, you know, because if he really is God, then he shouldn't give a fuck. Right. He knows your heart. You don't have to pray every day. He can read your heart. OK, he's God, by the way. Hello. So, you know, these ideas, these old fashioned ideas that you've been taught to kiss the robe of the priests. And to eat, you know, the bread and drink the wine, which is the blood of Jesus, you know, get over yourself really seriously. Well, I mean, I I think, you know, with all due respect, I mean, I think there are a lot of people out there who are going to listen to that and they're just going to say, well, whatever, she's just not a believer. And that's fine. You know, like it, it doesn't to me. It makes no difference what you believe, what you're what you're I mean, look, we can have a million beliefs until but we I, you know, through. what I'm trying to do people is are wake continue to go up. on believing what they believe. They will. They absolutely will. And I won't change their minds. I get that. But the pro the problem is there are thinking people out there that want to be 
moving along and that we want the truth. Okay. That's the bottom line. And however, we're going to get it. It, it does look extremely dim at this moment that we're going to ever get this thing called the EBS. Okay. For example, just one example, but if we are, and, but how are you going to change all the courts? You're going to change all of Congress and suddenly they're going to come forward and they're going to allow the, the, the knowledge of the election steal and Trump. You yourself, Juan, said the military is the only way. That's what he said since the beginning. He repeated it endlessly. Now, all of a sudden, the courts are the only way. I don't I don't buy it. Right. Congress is the only way they're completely, you know, compromised. So contradictions abound. And this to is mention the whole thing about picking up arms. That was really going to be the whole topic of that roundtable to begin with. The idea of, you know, this narrative shift where one minute it's I mean, literally one minute it's eat, enjoy the show. And then at the next minute, it's these, you know, these really intense conversations about people's homes getting invaded and also as a horrific things happening and, and, and just absolute Mad Max type scenarios on the streets. So, you know, I mean, I think people have a reason and then, you know, and then but then he'll say, well, everyone needs to calm down and everyone needs to this. Take a deep breath. And blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, don't it you used understand? to be, eat your popcorn you're giving popcorn people all of these show. You're giving all yeah. these different messages to people out there. People respect you. They're listening to you. And then there, there are people like us who are in, intermediaries, so to speak, who want to try to bring as much of the truth as possible to people. Not 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 because we want to mess anything up for the white hats, but because we want to educate people. We want to we want to move in the same direction. That's that's really the whole point. I won't pontificate on that anymore. I think we made our point clear. Uh, you know, we've been on now for, I think, a couple of hours, so it's probably a good idea. We we sort of wind things down, Carrie. This has been a great conversation as usual. ProjectCamelotPortal.com. Tell folks a little bit about that before we uh, wind things down tonight, where they can find you, uh, what you're going to be up to in the near future, anything you want to include. Okay, well, let me just say in closing that we are all part of a family and especially those of us who do support Trump and to support the the ideas that were carried forward by the White Hats that go back to JFK and the courage that that man had. OK, and if we can even approach that level of openness with the White Hats, they should be mirroring his methods in this way. I'm not saying he was a perfect man. I am saying he's the inspiration for the White Hats and why they do what they do. And with that in mind, I would say there needs to be a more open dialogue with the members of the alternative media that are supporting you, that are talking uh, and, and encouraging people to learn more about your platform who are bringing voters to you every day, you know, that kind of thing, um, you know, and so on. So I think we really are on the verge of a big change. I think it's going to have to happen, whether anyone likes it or not. And I think this conversation is a reflection of that. I agree. I think this is the year where it has to happen. And like I said, we've tolerated it now for a very long time. And hearing that, you know, any sort of suggestion that they're just going to you know, let the credits roll and they're not going to go into any type of truth and reconciliation period. Uh, you know, people aren't that's not going to fly. I don't think that's going to fly. 
but uh, we'll, we'll we'll put a pin on that for later. Uh, we, we'll pick this up during our next conversation. As a matter of fact, uh, it looks like we're going to be doing another roundtable next week with Gene Decode. So that's going to be really, really exciting. And Gene has some some really interesting information that he's going to share. I'm not going to get into what. You'll have to tune in. But that's going to be, I believe, uh, the 18th next week. So I'll get to see you uh, pretty soon, Carrie, which will be great. So thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. We've had quite an audience, as we typically do. And I just want everybody out there to know that we really genuinely appreciate everybody taking the time to listen and showing up here and being a part of this chat, being a part of this conversation, it really does mean the world. So thank you, everybody. God bless and Godspeed. I'll be back soon with another report. And until then, Patriot out.